0: What's the name of the podcast again. That's it! Welcome to the Onyx Podcast. <laughs> I nearly said welcome to the Gentleman's Guide to Gaming. My name is Matthew Dawkins. <laughs> well,
1: Doing so good.
0: Yeah, this will go down as the best opening so far. I'm joined by my co-host, <laughs> Dixie Cochran.
1: Hi! <laughs> and the
0: other guy. Uh, Eddie Webb! my name again? That's it, yes, that was right. That's, that's my name. Thank you. Oh, you can't blame me, listeners. It's been a very busy week, and a very busy month, in fact. We've all been very, very busy, uh, especially with our outreach on media, going to conventions and so on. There's a lot of travel, and a lot of getting your head down, getting through books as well. We've all got a fair amount of projects buzzing right now. There hasn't really been a down period for a little while yet. Uh, but that isn't a bad thing, it just means we are very occupied, very engaged with our work. And we are going to dis- today mainly be discussing conventions, uh, some of the conventions we've been attending, our experiences, the differences between them, uh, that kind of thing. But we'll also be going on a bit of a ramble uh, through through work in general, how we all are, kinds of things we're up to, just chatting, that kind of thing. <sighs> What, what? Eddie? Oh my god, my, my, my tattoo it, It's just so bad <laughs> Well, let's start with that Let's start with that, Eddie uh, Without uh, 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 For any listeners who don't know I don't want you to describe Exactly what the tattoo is I want you to describe what the tattoo Looks like And maybe then the listeners can guess This is the worst oh, game okay. ever That's going to be interesting Um, let's <laughs>
1: Uh, 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 So, um, it is a full-color tattoo. It is on my right forearm. Um, It is the silhouette of a man's head facing to the right. Um, He is smoking, and there is smoke coming up from his uh, pipe. And inside the silhouette is um, a tall building with a clock on it and a bridge with a skyline in the
0: background. Wonderful. So, listeners, if you can guess what it is, you win a prize. (laughs) Do post in the comments on the Onyx Path blog, and I (laughs) will mail that prize to you personally.
2: What are you talking about?
0: Is it Uh, anti-itch cream? Because I could use some. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) It's anti-itch cream. And luckily... (laughs) Uh, luckily, through our various sponsorship deals on this podcast, we uh, we have a, an abundant supply of anti-itch cream. If anyone listening to this does work for an itch cream company, not, not an itch, itch cream company, if anything, that's what we don't want, an anti-itch cream company, we would love to hear from you and discuss sp- sponsorship deals. You know, on that note, I, I, I listen... I listen... It's funny you should mention that, Matthew. Oh, why is that, Matthew? Well, <laughs> a lot of the podcasts I listen to have uh, have sponsorships, and we don't yeah. have any. What, what's up with that? Because Onyx Path sponsors us. Oh, yeah. It's
1: literally in the title of the podcast that you forgot.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you know we could be raking in sweet cash dollars or getting free products from blue chew and other and what's that mesothelioma one that's always being advertised on podcasts
2: podcasts that one's on like that? the tv at three in the morning <laughs>
0: Uh, uh, Well, I listen to a lot of podcasts that seem to say, are you or anyone you know suffering from mesothelioma? If so, we can help. We have specialized lawyers that deal with asbestos cases, etc., etc. I don't know how pertinent it would be. I've never heard that on a podcast.
2: podcast. I've only ever heard that at like 3 a.m. on television. (laughs) Like back in the day.
0: There you go. Maybe mesothelioma is on the way out.
2: But like, really... (laughs) Where are our free blue apron boxes? Where are our free Casper mattresses? Where, where's oh, all of our that? free what's that blue
0: apron? Blue apron—they—they they, those food deliveries you get in America. I just said you know. that one. Yeah, yeah, they, they, so, they it always sounds good, but is it very expensive?
2: Uh, my roommate did it for a little while, and apparently it can add up. But if you just do it like two, three times a week, it's not that bad. Um, hmm. I think it's it's. Most of them run between, like, 7 and $12 per person per meal. So it's cheaper than going out to eat, usually.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you still got to do all the work. So just to summarize, your response to the fact that we're not doing Blue Apron ads is to do, right now, a Blue Apron ad.
0: Well, <laughs> uh, I mean, okay, that's, that's... Blue Apron, if you're listening, you can us. do it. We've just shown we've got the goods. <laughs> Get in touch. For God's sake. I. Uh,
2: he asked how they were. I had an actual personal anecdote. What What do you want from me?
0: <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I...
1: <laughs>
0: I was going to uh, say, I, like, just, I actually did use Blue Apron for a while, too. So, what okay. is this episode about? There you go. Conventions. But before Blue we apron, get on to conventions, uh, the convention of Blue Apron. <laughs> uh, I, I was introduced to a new term just this week. A new, oh a new phrase. Mm-hmm. A bio break. Have you ever heard of bio break? Yeah, because I was an that? online
2: gamer for twelve fucking years.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay, so I've never heard of the term bio break before in place of bathroom break or, you know,
2: I think it became bio break, break because you have to like it's 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 the break you take when you're going to do all the things that you biologically need. So you might like get water, get a snack. Use the bathroom, uh,
0: whatever. Well, that well, that's what I was thinking. So, sorry to be crude, uh, listeners, but I, I, you know, I didn't know. I thought, okay, so this person is either going to go, <laughs> is either going to go for a pee, a poo. Can I get something to eat? Something to drink? Might be going to jerk off. No offense. Could could be doing anything. Maybe having what? some exercise. Could be doing all of them at once. <laughs> Could be doing star jumps, I chap in hand, while with a sandwich the in his mouth.
2: Worst mental image I've ever had in my entire life, and I've read Book of the Fallen.
0: Well, I th- <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, and wow. so I was sat there in this meeting, waiting for this person to return from their bio break, wondering exactly what they were up to because it's so nebulous, and thinking that if you are doing star jumps while uh, doing any of the other. Um, you'd probably require at least four dots of dexterity with maybe a speciality in, well, bio breaks in athleticism, maybe? (laughs) Athletics? But yeah, anyway, I just thought I'd introduce you to something new that I had heard, but clearly it's not that new. It's just I am out of touch with today's or the last 12 years' worth of gamers.
2: Yeah, every... um... Yeah, go ahead. That, Eddie, I was say
0: it's, 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 it's just natural that Matthew's out of touch, being the youngest
1: of all of us.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, no, when I played World of Warcraft, that was always what we called it. Like, if we were doing a raid, and, like, everybody wanted to take 10, there we'd be like, hey, bio break, 15 minutes, come back, you know, we're going to fight yeah. monsters again.
0: So, yeah. It, it's a nice phrase, because, you know, I, I admire it for its uh, nebulousness, but at the same time, it's also mysterious. I think. What? With biological functions that you're hiding in your break. Exactly, exactly. What are you doing while I'm sitting here? So, on that note, conventions. <laughs> what?
1: Oh, That's no. a hard segue.
0: <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> oh my god. What is this episode?
0: <laughs> you're the grinding happening? on that segue.
2: What is happening?
0: well you all know i get to host every third episode so um it's bound (laughs) to go off the rails uh (laughs) so yeah we've all been to conventions recently and dixie you went to what actually that's a good question i was about to say you probably went to the largest one but i'm not actually sure how big pax west is so dixie why don't you tell us first about dragon con what is it how long have you been going there what's it about
2: Dragon Con is really interesting in the world of cons. So I've been going to Dragon Con. This is actually my 20th year. My first year was 1999. Um, it used to just be in like one or two hotels in downtown Atlanta. I mean, it started in one hotel, obviously, as most conventions do. Um, and has since exploded to where there are now five host hotels and a convention center <laughs> that we take over. Um, it, this year, they said we had 85,000 attendees. So it was, like, every year that DragonCon happens is the biggest year ever. I've never seen them stop selling badges, so they just go forever. Now, what's what's interesting about DragonCon versus, like, a Gen Con or PAX West or a Comic-Con is that uh, DragonCon is entirely fan-run. It's it's all fans and volunteers, so there is no corporate sponsorship of any kind, which means that we don't have some of the, like, booths and gaming companies that you would expect to see, like, there is on a giant Wizards of the Coast booth when you walked in, because it's on a gaming con. Um, But all the vendors can just sign up and pay for their booth and vend things. And it's always kind of a weird, like, grouping of, you know, oh, there's Ultra Pro selling their magic sleeves and there's X selling dice. But also here's this person selling tiny handmade buttons that are very cute. And like, you never really know what you're going to find in the vendor hall. Um, Dragon Con does not have any specific fandom it's about. It's not about dragons by any means. It's just called Dragon Con um so you'll see like i think this year the costumes i saw the most were aziraphale and crawley from good omens and scoops ahoy steve from stranger things there were literally hundreds of scoops ahoy steves everywhere you turned around there was somebody wearing a scoops ahoy hat uh gosh dragon kind is it's it's so hard to describe it's it's, it's a huge community um of just really cool people. My roommate described it as the internet, but without the shitty comments. Like it's all just people being like, you look awesome, I love your (laughs) costume. You're great, you're great. Uh, Dragon Con is also kind of meme culture sometimes in that uh, many years ago, they changed the carpet in the Marriott and a whole bunch of other shit happened. And now people show up wearing clothing and costumes that are patterned like the old carpet in the Marriott. (laughs) That's a very common thing. It's the cult of the Marriott carpet uh there was a trash can that used to be at the bottom of a flight of stairs that got removed and now every year people set up a shrine to trashy uh first thing (laughs) uh it is it is meme culture i'm not even joking like we will take anything and we will make it a thing that we love but only if it's a garbage thing because the marriott carpet is ugly but we all love it um this year there was a standee of a fedex worker uh who we named john um he got covered in Sharpie and stickers and stuff, which is weird because usually Dragon Con doesn't vandalize things. They're actually usually really respectful. Right. Um, but he got vandalized. He he hit he, he a lay. He had stuff. And eventually he was taken away, I'm assuming, by FedEx. And they built a shrine in his place. And next year, I anticipate seeing hundreds of members of the Cult of John, the FedEx guy. Um it's just it's it's a it's a weird big family. I've got people that I've been seeing there almost every year for the two decades I've been going. Um we've uh, every year I will inevitably meet somebody who it is their first year. And I'll go like, "Oh no." Cuz like I got to ease into the 85,000 person Seven Building Dragon Con. <laughs> <Right. laughs> the people that just show up and that's what it is. I'm like, "I can't imagine." Um the other difference with Dragon versus like Gen Con or one of the other ones is that because it's not only in a convention center, it is 24 7. There is no stopping at Dragon Con. Uh, there, there are parties and dances and concerts that go until 3, 4 in the morning. There's a dance every night in the Marriott that goes from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Um, and mm. then panels start back up again at 8. <laughs> So like you never know what you're gonna see just walking around. Um I've I have been involved in mobile dance parties, I have been involved in random sing alongs, I've gone to really cool panels, I met some like Sailor Moon voice actresses this year, and that was really cool for me. Yeah. especially because 'cause they're also Fire Emblem's Three Houses voice actors, which is the mm. game of the moment right now. Uh there's huge like huge stars that come. Like George takei was a guest this year. Uh, you know, William Shatner's been there. Uh, David Tennant was there this year, um, and then there's there's also like smaller stuff from smaller fandoms because it's fan run. So if enough people are interested in it, they just ask people to come and hang out in the Walk of Fame. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 so hard to explain, but it really is just like a giant cool party. Uh, a lot of us call it Nerdy gras. That's another good way to describe it. <laughs> uh, during the day, it's a little bit more family friendly. At night, sometimes not so much. But uh, you know, it's it's not like awful there's there, there's no nudity allowed at least on the main con floor right but yeah it's just this party that takes over like five blocks six blocks of downtown atlanta every year there's there's a huge parade every saturday morning it's like a three-hour parade four-hour parade mm-hmm. that you know people bring vehicles like it's it's a legit parade there aren't like floats so much but some people do like make float things out of their cars um, I have walked in the parade with a, a band I'm, I'm friends with for a while. I haven't done it in a few years because it is really, really hard to get up at 7 in the morning on Saturday at Dragon Con and put on a bunch of costumes and makeup.
0: And yeah, walk no, no, the no, unless you're, yeah, unless you're already up.
2: Yeah, exactly. But it is really, really cool to watch. Um, a lot of locals come out and watch it, too, even if they're not at the con. Uh, but yeah, oh, yeah no. no.
1: Dragon Con is I, I live in Atlanta for listeners. Yeah. Um, and so um, it's it Dragon Con is is a staple of the city. I mean people are are definitely aware of it. People will come down to Dragon Con just to watch the parade. P- people who aren't normally in the fandom will talk about the Gen Con parade. Um, I was Dragon taking uh, sorry Dragon Con parade? Um, <laughs> my, my brain's all over the place right now. Um, but uh, I took uh, uh, our train system and I use the word system loosely. Uh, Marta um to, to get to visit hang out with dixie for a day um yeah. and so there are people on the train in costume of course and the people nearby are just like oh dragon Con." And they're just like oh, okay <laughs> that's yeah, why a guy's carrying a large foam sword because it must be dragon Con.
2: yeah i think most of the folks are used to it like every all the hotel people i talk to like i i say at the uh, hilton um which is one of the one of the host hotels And all the hotel employees are like, we love you guys. Y'all are the best. Like, and like, I'm I'm like, how are we the best? Like, I feel like you would be really annoyed to clean after us versus like an accountant's convention. But I think that since all the hotels have gotten so in the spirit of it, like a lot of them let their employees dress up during Dragon Con, like while they're working, as long as they have their name tag on. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that they just enjoy the people watching for those several days, you know, because like... Yeah, maybe you're still doing your kind of boring job, you know, selling soda and wine and coffee to people, but you're selling soda and coffee and wine to, like, Darth Vader and Maleficent <laughs> and, like, right. just people in these wacky, like, robot costumes. You might not even know what they are. Like, I know that when I do Borderlands, like, not everyone knows the costumes. But the people that do are like, that's awesome, you know? And even if they don't, they're like, oh, that's cool looking. Like, you look like a cartoon because we sell shade our costumes. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, seeing Eddie was really cool, because you said that you had been to DragonCon in, in several years,
1: right? Yeah, it has been like four or five years since I've been.
2: Yeah, so you've like seen what it's become, because you, you you weren't there before when it was in America's Mart, when it was the big giant vendor room. The the, the four-story vendor hall, mind you. Right, to. which
1: is huge. Oh my god. There there
2: are three floors of just whatever vendors, and then the top floor is the comic and pop art alley, which is in addition to the fine art show that is in a different hotel. <laughs>
1: yeah and and like like the last time i went like the the vendors room was kind of scattered across a few different hotels like one was shoved like kind of in a basement level and yeah that was basement of the marriott it was really annoying to get to yeah um and everything was crammed together really tight if i remember the one time i was there um so i mean i hadn't been for a few years for for a variety of reasons um uh and this year was partially because i was at another convention, actually, um, but uh, uh, when I went there, yeah, Dixie was nice to kind of, nice of, kind of show me around. I was like, hey, you know, look at stuff, and it, was, it it has grown so much, even just in the few years since I had been there. So, yeah, it's definitely yeah, we didn't even bigger
2: bigger. we didn't even go to the gaming area when it was me and you together. Ellie I, I like dropped in there with Laura,
1: mm-hmm. but
2: there is like in addition to people playing like you know magic and D anD D and stuff, like actual adventurers' leak stuff happening um, in America's Mart Building One. There is also a giant arcade. Where they bring in a ton of like Japanese arcade games and like oh, all wow. the dance games and the, like it's intense like this this arcade experience is really cool That's but it's really also cool, like man. what and uh, for for two of the dances that I that I went to this year there's one called the 8-bit ball and one called the heroes and villains ball the 8-bit ball was great because it was mostly 80s music um, which is my jam Mm -hmm. but like they actually added a new venue to the place it's a ballroom because the ballroom in the west end they used to have it in always got to capacity and then there was like an hour-long line and everybody hated it Mm -hmm. so they rented essentially a ballroom space that connects to the west end that is like owned by somebody else and uh had the dances in there and it was really cool because we we still packed that place like wow (laughs) there's so many people at dragon con (laughs) like if you're not at least a little okay with that or you know if you don't have a place you can go to like unwind. Like my my roommate Laura, who I go with, she will occasionally just go to the room for like an hour, because she's more introverted than I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, cool, go. And I I'll come back and I'll find her, like playing on her phone, watching TV. Uh but something that's cool about Dragon Con is that con TV is something that they broadcast in all the hotels. So mm-hmm. if you don't want to actually like, I don't like standing in four hour lines for panels anymore. I am I am over that, yeah. I guess. I, I did it a few times when I was younger, and I'm like, I could be doing something else in those four hours. But they broadcast almost all the panels on Dragon Con TV, so you can just tune to that in your oh. hotel room. So if you want to watch, like, I woke up one morning and George Takei was about to speak, and I was like, cool, like, while I'm getting ready and putting my makeup on and stuff, I'll just watch George Takei talk. Um, and then we, we, we caught a couple of, like, Gotham panels. And this year, uh, which is new for, for me at least, that I saw, they had uh, sign language interpreters for mm-hmm. a lot of the big panels and also for a lot of the interviews they were doing they would pop them into a little like circle or box in the bottom uh so that people even watching con tv since you can't really subtitle it in real time that that easily um but that, that, that way folks watching like the costume contest could hear what the hosts were saying and i was like this is so cool like Dra- dragon con used to have a bit of a problem with accessibility and i think they've gotten way 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 better over the past few years from what i've seen and from what i've heard and also just the attendees have gotten better about going like hey this person in a wheelchair so clear out the elevator because this person needs it first like that kind of thing right um so yeah i'm really happy with that it. it makes it it's cool that they're doing all that stuff
0: it sounds amazing <laughs> uh, maybe uh an understatement i mean I, I don't obviously i've been to gen con several times yeah. I've been to New York and Chicago Comic Cons, but the way you describe Dragon Con sounds, on one hand, um, utterly fantastic and uh, unoverwhelming, uh, and it just sounds like there's so much to explore there. Uh, I think I've, it sounds like the kind of convention you could go to and feel comfortable you haven't even touched the sides of what you could be doing there yes. if you only went once.
2: Yeah, that's kind of how I feel every year I go. I'm like, I'm like, oh, look, there was this party I never even heard of. Or, like, I'll start seeing pictures of, like, a costume people did. And I'm like, I didn't even see that because, you know, they were doing it in the Marriott and I happened to be in the Hyatt at that time or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, in the links, I'll make sure uh, whoever's doing the show notes, I'll send you some links to my friend Micah's videos he does of Dragon Con Because I think that he does the best, like, expression of kind of what it is um and he showcases a really cool diverse selection of like costumes and partying and stuff so i will uh throw a couple of those in there if anybody's interested in seeing what kind of the dragon con experience is like it's it's overwhelming sometimes Mm. um laura and i used to cosplay more and this year we only did one costume and past that we we do very low-key con now like yeah i'll put on like a skirt and a corset and like big boots and walk around at night but that's about as far as i go um and during the day, half the time, we're in jeans and tank tops. Just like, it's hot, it's Atlanta, we're just looking at stuff. Not a big yeah. deal.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, but like, it's, it's intense, and it's really fun. And you can have a good time at Dragon Con literally just like parking yourself on a bench in one of the hotels and just watching people walk by. <laughs> I have done that for hours before. Um, or just standing on one of the area, like, they of course set up like bars throughout all the hotels because Dragon Con's a party con. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the big difference for me between those and and things like like gen con and whatever is that because those have an end time because it hits like seven o'clock eight o'clock and the the main room closes at Mm. gen con or or comic con and then everybody has to kind of disperse into the city and figure out where they're going to hang out and find their friends so like yes there are parties but it's like you know 50 people at this bar and 100 people at this bar and whatever and that's kind of how how those cons go maybe 10 people in a room somewhere having like a room party um Dragon Con just doesn't stop. So, like, if you're partying, you're still with everybody (laughs) the whole time. Like, yes, the vendor room closes, but that's two blocks away. Nobody's going to walk down there anyway. Um, (laughs) The Marriott never closes. The Hilton never closes. The Hyatt never closes. So, yeah, like, you just find stuff to do there. Like, nobody needs to go to an outside bar to meet people afterwards. All the bars are already there.
0: (laughs) That that appeals to me uh, a great deal. Yeah, as as we know, as we've already ascertained, if I can uh, break off and just head to a bar, that's uh, my idea of a good convention.
2: Right. So, I mean, DragonCon is a bar. Like, if you want to roll down out of your room at eleven in the morning and grab a beer, like, there's bars set up already.
1: <laughs> it is definitely a a, a a party convention. Yeah, in a lot of ways.
2: And I mean, I have a lot of friends. Like, my my same roommate doesn't really drink that much. I think she had like three drinks the whole weekend. Um, so you can definitely have a good time without drinking. Obviously, oh yeah, sure, yeah. It's just mm. very easy to drink if you want to, <laughs> and there's usually can. So since um since Avengers was filmed in and around Atlanta for the most part, uh the the beer that Thor drinks I think is local, the one that he's drinking oh. in game. And so they were selling that at a lot of the hotels. That was like the the beer of the weekend. Nice. A lot of the places get into it with like nerdy beer. Also, uh, King of Pops, the fancy popsicle people had stands set up at every single hotel, sometimes multiple stands at hotels. And there were ice cream places. There was a place selling alcoholic ice cream in my hotel, <laughs> um, mm. which I thought was kind of cool. Uh, yeah, no, you, you can't, it's, it's it's a lot but it's a lot of fun it 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 truly is nerdy gras and it truly is like the internet without the comment section i'm not saying there's no bad actors there i know everybody has a story here or there about someone who was a shithead or someone who got too drunk and did something terrible at every convention right but the overall feeling when i'm there is just positivity so it makes me happy i'll be going back next year i already have my hotel reservation (laughs) because we have a (laughs) legacy room and they just book us three days after
0: the con ends yep nice Oh yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, I, I don't know that the uh, the alcohol is the appeal for me, but I I know that whenever I attend these conventions, the allure of a uh, of a cold drink in a hot city is always yeah. a is always incredibly tempting, especially if it's if I can uh, go from the contrast of a really loud place full of bodies to a slightly quieter place where you can have a conversation with someone. Mm-hmm. That I don't know why that there's something in me that really appreciates that about a convention
2: i will say um, that they like i also kind of feel that way especially now that i've gotten more used to going off-site because i've been going to more things like gen con and um there was a bar right across the street from one of the hotels that congoers like sleep on for some reason because it's a really good bourbon bar <laughs> mm. and i took people there three separate times over the weekend where I was like, I was like, Hey, you want to go sit down in the air conditioning where it's not super loud for a minute. Let's walk right across the street. So. Wow. Yeah. That was a uh, white oak. I was telling you about Eddie. Oh yeah. yeah
0: right. You don't have a white oak. Okay.
2: Yeah. But there like you they really white
0: oak, if you're listening, you can sponsor the podcast. <laughs> we uh, will take uh, free supplies of bourbon. Uh, Eddie, where were you?
1: Um, So I was uh, all the way across the country in Seattle. Uh, at the same time or roughly the same time um, I was at Pax dev/ slash Pax West which is an interesting dynamic um, Pax Dev is a two-day show from Tuesday to Wednesday um, but it's just about video game developers talking to each other so uh, it's almost entirely panels um, and it's basically panels about different um, topics that um, people want to discuss about in the industry making design. Concerns, whatnot. Um, the general convention is considered to be what's called a black box event, which means that attendees are expected not to uh, tweet or talk about what they hear about in the panels unless the panel goers specifically give permission. Ooh. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it allows us to be a little more honest and open about concerns. Um uh, 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 like one of the ones that was kind of uh, a given information to talk about was was discussion of unionization in the video game industry. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a hot button topic right now. And people sometimes want to share uh, private stories about concerns or problems they've had, the companies they worked at or perhaps even currently work at. Um, and. In my experience, video game developers love to gossip, so usually get us around a bar and I'll hear all sorts of stories about good and bad things at different video game studios. Um, and it's all believed and concerned to be under what uh, I generally call a uh, friend EA. You know, it's, it's the- Right. We don't talk about it beyond the cons of this. So um, it does make talking about the show a little challenging at times. Um <laughs> But um, uh, for me, it was good uh, in the sense that um, I got to see a few people that I I know in the video game industry. And it's primarily video games. Um, I had to meet some of my old friends there. Um, I met some new people. Uh, In particular, I did meet uh, quite a few uh, disability advocates were at the show. The reason why I was there was to talk about disability advocacy uh, and disability consultation. Um, so I got to meet some life-minded people and we shared cards and shared stories and, you know, there's, was, there was catharsis and crying and it was great. Um, uh, but one of the panels that they were very open about their, their topic, um, which I ended up tweeting Matthew or messaging Matthew about was someone actually put together a panel about what video game design can learn from professional wrestling. Um, and actually, one of the people on the panel was a local professional wrestler who was a champion of a group called Defy. Um, and so they spent a lot of time breaking it down. And I'm just like, how am I not on this panel? <laughs> um, but they were it was it was a lot of fun. And so like some of the panels are really fun like that. And it was actually a lot of really good information. And um, uh, Matthew and I shared some emails. I, I showed them the information from that, and we talked about how we can use that for one of the books we're working on. And um, so but, I mean, it's really good to have that kind of private uh, 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 conversation, I think, uh, to be able to talk about, oh, okay, this is, you know, something that's been bothering me or, you know, hey, I'm, I'm struggling with uh, getting freelance work or whatever. Um, uh, the other thing that they did new at this show is um, a package generally has badges uh, that that have no names on them. They're just blank badges. Um, but there's an RFID chip in them. So if right. you go to any event or panel, um, they actually have the... the um, Uh, volunteers will have phones that can check to see if you have a valid badge. So they prevent them from checking counterfeits or whatnot, which is nice. Um, Mm -hmm. But but, on this year, they had a a little dotted um, hexagon in the bottom right-hand corner. And I was like, oh, what's this for? Uh, It turns out that um, that is for uh, pronoun stickers. So when you go to check-in, um, I went through a different check ins so I didn't see this at first. Uh, but uh, if you check-in normally, you have the option to get pronoun stickers put on your badges so everyone knows your pronouns by looking at your badge, which is a really cool step, I thought. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I like that. It was a nice little kind of step towards it because you know, badges, are, since everyone has to have their badge visible, it's a nice way to kind of quietly check someone's pronouns without having to make it a big deal. So it was a really cool yeah. step.
2: Dragon Con has your real name, like, printed under whatever name you put on your badge. Mm-hmm. But you can still pick whatever badge name you want. So, like, usually my badge, like, name on my badge will say, like, Dixie Cyanide or, like, at Dixie Cyanide. Mm-hmm. Just in case people want to find me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But it, un- un- underneath it will say, like, Dixie Cochran and, like, the city and state you're from.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but, like, be- because they, like, type whatever you want, I have seen people
1: put their pronouns there. Which I think is really a cool nice. use of that tool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, then there was a, uh, Thursday was a blank day. And so I, I did some work there, but then Friday through Monday is PAX West. Um, because I went to PAX dev, uh, it comes with a free badge to PAX West. And I had never been to either show, actually, but specifically I'd never been to PAX West. I had been to PAX East and I'd been to PAX Unplugged, but I hadn't been to West, which is kind of the initial show, sometimes called PAX Prime. So that was the first kind yeah. of show for the Penny Arcade Expo.
2: I'm so sad um, I never went there when I lived in Seattle.
1: <laughs> like yeah. What was wrong with me? Um, and definitely it's um, in a lot of ways the opposite of what Dixie described for Dragon Con. Uh, it's a very polished show. It's definitely a professional show. Um, the main point of the show is to show video game people new video games. Did uh, you just
2: call us rough and unprofessional at Dragon Con? Not rough and unprofessional.
1: Uh, <laughs> there, there's a... Yes. There's a... There's a, there's a <laughs> Chaos that occurs in fan run shows that is not the same as a professional show. Um, I mean, like you know, it, it's it's like uh, uh, to you know Gen Con versus say Midwinter. You know, um, mm, I know
2: I will take it. I'm just saying. Like, yeah, yeah, it was just like like it is the opposite in that it is good.
1: No, 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 no. It, 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 So it, <laughs> I, I don't want to bag on the show. I like I really enjoy my time at Packs West, but at the same time, there's a kind of sterility there that I found a little yeah. off-putting that's um, what I found at my first Comic Con and stuff too. I was like, mm, this is very corporate, right? Like, you know, um, they had uh, a little arena where people could play games. They put the their game up on the screen, but it was also well known Twitch and Mixer uh, 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 players. Um, that I didn't recognize, but it was clear they had a, a fan base and people were there to cheer them and they had an announcer and they had a commentary team. And um, so it's all very cool and professional looking, but also it just didn't have sometimes occasionally the uh, the energy that a fan run convention has.
0: Mm. Um,
1: but um, there was like tons and tons of video game booths. Um, uh, y- uh, you could sign up uh, usually for the more popular ones. You have to kind of actually sign up for a time slot to show up that you play the game, but they had like the... Um, demo of uh, the remake of Final Fantasy 7. Um, they had a huge bike you can sit on and take a picture, picture taken if you play the demo. Um, that uh, Monster Hunter had a huge dragon statue, ice kind of dragon statue thing that was like yeah, that was cool. 15 feet tall. Um, so I mean, it, it, it's a lot of fun to just walk around and look at the different games that are being played and, and, and you know, there's kind of the spectacle of the thing. Um but there also are other kind of side parts in different because that's all in the convention center, and then like there are other like other bits around that has some other interesting things. Um, like they have uh, the handheld lounge, um, which is basically you take your your DS or your Switch, and there's just bean bags everywhere, um, and you sit around and you play your handhelds, or you get like you know kind of uh, so people are doing like a pickup tournaments of like Pokemon or uh, Smash Brothers or whatever. Um, but it's also kind of a nice place to kind of just chill out um and so i walked through there with my ds and walked out and they had like 20 new um hits for my uh, fire emblem fates game and i was just like oh my god you know <laughs> uh, but it was a nice place to like you were talking about earlier matthew it was a slightly quieter place you could sit down at a table and just kind of decompress for a bit um mm. and they also had a explicitly a um a, a quiet room so, if people who are uh, um, uh, neurodivergent or whatever can, can really get into a very quiet space, if they need to. And that was available. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have the Diversity Lounge in general, which um, I spent some time in uh, for uh, uh, queer people, for disabled people, um, to learn about groups like uh, Able Gamers, which is a group that not only talks about disability in gaming, but also increases awareness of uh, specialized controllers for disabled gamers to play better. Um, and there's also a take that which talked uh, mental health in video games um, so there's a lot more than just standing in line for hours to play the latest game um, mm-hmm. uh, but unlike dragon Con where there's just kind of Let's have all sorts of stuff kind of crammed together in one space and excited about it. (laughs) It's a game based around playing video games. Everything kind of spins off from that. There was um, a a tabletop room, uh, but those in a different hotel. Um, There was kind of a causeway uh, between the two big video game spaces that had some uh, uh, magic and uh, uh, nice. Uh, booths um but again it was very clear the tabletop was kind of a secondary concern as opposed to like say Packs unplugged where obviously it's reversed um the tabletop right board games and role-playing games are very much the focus of the show um so, I mean, it was it was an interesting kind of dynamic. Um, I'm glad I went there. I went there primarily for work purposes. Again, I was there to the talk, but also I, I, did, I went for a day at uh, West to kind of meet people, um, try to put on business cards in front of potential clients, you know. So it was all just kind of work and hustle. Um, but I did get a chance to walk around Seattle, which I had never been to before, and that was, you know, really cool. Um, had dinner with some friends uh, late in the evening, one night. Um, so, I mean, it, it was an enjoyable experience, but it was definitely very different from most other conventions I have
2: Benzo. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's what most of my friends that I've gone said. I know um, my my friends Tori and Josh were actually there. They were at Pax West, mm-hmm. um, and they had a bunch of reports on on various things, such as the you know three hour line to play the Final Fantasy demo, or the yeah you know I I, I think it was like a thirty. Er, There's they had the Borderlands three demo there too, yep. um which like I know Tori and Josh from Borderlands cosplay so. And they were saying that, like, the line to play the demo was, like, two or three hours. The line to get your, like, cool augmented picture taken that they were doing, the, like, cosplay tour, Mm -hmm. was only, like, 30 minutes. So they did that, which was cool. I think there's a picture of Tori sitting on the Final Fantasy bike, too, somewhere that I saw. So, yeah, they they seemed to enjoy it. Like, they were there in cosplay, too. So they were there having a good time to, you know.
1: Yeah, there was definitely some, some cosplay there. Um uh, and, and again, like, you know, Pax is really good about, you know, cosplay is not good sense and uh, making sure it's mm-hmm. all very clear. Um, but um, He says Dragon Con. Yeah, I mean I, I think that uh, it was probably in the par of, of Gen Con in the sense that seeing a cosplayer is kind of the occasional interesting moment as you walk through the show. It's not a, a regular constant, like I actually like Dragon Con
2: yeah that's that's, that's that's the thing that i like about dragon con that i always feel a little sad about when we're at like gen con or pax unplugged or something is i'm like i want to see more costumes because mm-hmm. like people like dragon con on some level much like kind of blizzcon is a cosplay convention right like every there they are giant group photo shoots every hour on the steps outside the hilton mm-hmm. um pretty much any group you can think of there are giant group photo shoots elsewhere throughout the throughout the, uh, the con, and it's it's not uncommon to see, like, a hundred people dressed as different versions of Deadpool, like, walking through the hotel in a conga line to eventually go take photos. Um, one time, me and Laura were trying to go get food, and we got stuck behind the Deadpool conga line and had to wait, because we got trapped by them by accident, and we just had to wait. We had to wait forever.
0: One uh, of Deadpool's <laughs> known powers from the comics. The Sorry, the line of clones. Yes. So it's one of Deadpool's known powers from the comics. <laughs> yeah, it was it was funny, but I'll, it,
2: it's it's a it's a strange place to be. Right. <laughs> there, there are some surreal things that happen there. I think on the very last day, Laura and I are both just a little bit tired. We we're like, it's too much. There's there's too much happening. It's just, just I, I want to go home. It's too much. <laughs>
0: This is interesting because uh, I think the three conventions we went to are markedly different. Uh, um, The one I I attended was Tabletop Scotland, which Mm -hmm. is in its infancy. I think it's only the second year it's been running um, this year, and it's the first time I've ever attended. Uh, I was invited up there as a guest, and I was... uh, provided with accommodation, that kind of thing. It was very nice of the hosts. Uh, The convention is, as the name implies, a tabletop gaming convention. Uh, I don't believe... No, no, I think there was some LARP going on there as well, Uh, although I wasn't uh, there to witness that. I was mainly running games on panels and and talking to gamers, signing books, that sort of thing. Uh, And really, it is very much more low-key than either of the two uh, conventions you attended, but uh, on... Uh, very importantly to me, I think it's it's the kind of convention I really enjoy these days. I, I like being able to go to a convention where it is uh, just about the games, Mm -hmm. you get to meet lots of new players and if you're there from a uh, i guess a business standpoint lots of potential customers uh it's less about networking because because it's so new there aren't too many companies attending although modifius were there in um a a couple of freelancer capacities. Mm -hmm. Uh, Handiwork Games was there. Uh, We had a few of the big retailers from the UK there as well, but not many international publishers, I don't think. So it was very intimate quite low-key occupied a pretty sizable convention center with room to expand and i feel because the number of attendees i think around doubled from year on year it's definitely going to expand into the space available good uh, which resembles two hangars with a hallway between them uh about the only complaint i had was about the heat uh, which surprisingly for scotland was quite overbearing oh really yeah and despite us being in very roomy hangars, there was no wind, so the air couldn't circulate, and no air conditioning either. Ooh. Oh God! So it was just uh, a couple of hangars with a lot of uh, humidity trapped inside it, and of course the uh, the lovely spice of gamers being thrown right. into that it's a wonderful mix. Um, but I think that that spice of anyone being thrown into a very humid hangar would would make a bit of a unbearable heat. So, yeah, I ran some They Came From Beneath the Sea, and I played in some Vampire, which made for a nice change. I'm finally getting a chance to play in games of Vampire now. Mm -hmm. And uh, as I think I mentioned on the Onyx Path blog, the the fact that people are responding to They Came From Beneath the Sea without even playing it is always very heartening to me because Mm -hmm. it's a game that provokes such mirth from its players and and people just shouting out quotes, hopefully not being inconsiderate to other tables, is enough to draw people's attention so that if they're just passing through the gaming hall, they might stop by and just take a look, see what you're playing. And if they're playing, they might say after their game, they might come over to you and say, hey, what were you playing? That sounded like a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Which makes me feel a little bad because... Uh, they're getting up straight away from their gaming Tables, their GM's packing up the game The players head straight over to us and say What's this? They came from beneath the sea But you know what, I'll take it as a compliment And uh, if they can't make their games fun Then that's on them <laughs> <laughs> uh, But yeah, the, I think the uh, Best thing for me about going to Tabletop Scotland, it being such a new convention And in a country I hadn't visited Before, I've never been to Scotland
2: It's still was... so weird to me, you live so
0: close yeah, well, you know, I live close to Spain. I've never been there either. <laughs> right, by the way, yeah. uh, I, uh, <laughs> I I met so many new new faces who I have no doubt I'm going to want to meet up with again. I think there were only about two or three people at the convention I'd ever met before. And when I'm opened up to the fact that there's this entire cache of hundreds of gamers uh, somewhere in the country who I haven't... who haven't been exposed to the virulent plague that is Matthew Dawkins before. Uh, I want to infect <laughs> oh, yeah, <Theo>. them. Uh, <laughs> I know, I can't keep things nice, can no. I? Um, it's
1: no. It's
0: impossibility.
1: That's why you write uh, horror
0: games. I, yeah, for once I will take I Am the Worst and, and I'll wear it with pride. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's... Uh, the the uk does a very good trade in these small conventions uh, run out of um lodges run out of village halls and and town halls and and convention centers and so on and they're often quite localized people don't travel to them unless they're the very big ones like uk games expo and even dragon meat which is in london is only a one-day convention which i think puts a lot of people off from traveling to it right. understandably you know like lo- London costs quite a lot to to stay there. Mm. And, if, and the cost of travel on top of that as well may be off-putting some people. But uh, I think one thing I would say to any listeners uh, who do happen to be British or indeed European uh, and are interested in traveling to any of these smaller conventions, if what you're doing is traveling to get lots of gaming in, You don't need to go to a UK Games Expo or travel across the Atlantic to go to Gen Con for that. You can attend a Tabletop Scotland and have a fantastic time playing games you've never heard of with people you've never met. And it can certainly be worth your while doing so. It's what I came away feeling. like The trip I made, I flew up to Scotland rather than catching the train. And it was definitely worthwhile doing so
1: yeah i do cool. feel like smaller shows um uh, if you know what you're going to the show to do like if you're going there to game if you're going there for, for business or whatever um it allows you a lot more flexibility and just it, it's a slower pace because there's not as much to do so you can settle down you can talk to friends you can you know enjoy a nice meal whatever and those are really attractive in a very different way than a larger show i mean larger show is is in some way, it's going to be spectacle and it's like you know, and it's just oh my god there's so much to do and so much stuff and that's also enjoyable in a very different way so i think you're you're right they're both valuable in in different approaches and, and worth the trip in different ways
2: yeah i mean that's, I, that's my thing oh, is, sorry is,
1: you go ahead dixie
2: <laughs> yeah like just because i like dragon con and i like gen con i like Pax unplugged like i also love midwinter yeah, totally. which we go to every year mm-hmm. and we, do, we do talk about because midwinter is only a few hundred people and it's very, very tiny and very intimate. And you see the same people in the bar, you know, every night. And the same people in different games. And it's it's really fun. It's really nice. And, like, I mean, last year at Midwinter, I, I, I orchestrated a karaoke night on Thursday night. Because I found a karaoke bar. And we just left. And, like, it started with, like, 9 or 10 of us. And ended up being about 20 people went and did karaoke. And that was super fun. Mm-hmm. So, like, and you you can game all weekend there, too, if you want. And it's 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 cute and tiny. And then I also love Dragon Con. Because you can watch people walk around. And that can be It's own fun. Like you can just park yourself and just watch costumes walk by for three hours. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they'll have their own charms.
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, I I really want to go back to Gen Con at some point, uh, but I don't know whether uh, my main desire is to go back there as an industry professional or just as a gamer. I think because it's been a few years now since I have attended Gen Con for fun, uh, I I I I'm really curious to see how much I'd get out of it next time uh, doing that. You know whether I'd just be sitting at loads of booths, play testing loads of games, and and in involving myself in role playing games. Because much like with DragonCon, it sounds there's so much going on at a convention like GenCon. You. Uh, you you miss things just by dint of how f- long it takes to get to things. Yeah. So if you are role-playing you, and your uh, session finishes with 15 minutes to spare before the panel you're going to get to, those 15 minutes aren't going to be enough to, for you to get to the other side of the convention centre and attend that panel on time. Yep. So you either have to plan religiously and be incredibly familiar with the distances and the best routes because uh, Gen Con is a bit of a labyrinth or you go by the seat of your pants and you just try and have fun you don't do as much organized play you do just drop into games so that there are lots of drop-in games being run uh, whether it's RPGs board games card games or whatever and and enjoy that instead
2: yeah with, uh, with with Dragon Con, at least, the one thing about that problem is that they, they do release an app every year about a week before the con. And so you can go through the app and you can, like, put a little star on all the things you want to see. And then you can look at your days and go, okay, I've got two conflicting here. I've got to choose one. Or, oh, this one's right after this one. I probably won't make it because one's in the Weston and one's in the Hilton, you know? Yeah. But mm. the app makes it so easy. <laughs> Honestly, Pax <laughs> had an my app life too, so good,
1: and it was very similar. Is is um for both dev? Actually, there's a Pax app. Period. and All the shows are in there, um, and right. so you're able to kind of star like uh, a checkmark in that case uh, the event. And had uh, there's this, a view called My Schedule, which just shows you just the ones that you've clicked. Um, and again, you click on it, it gives you like you know here's uh, um the room it's in and. Uh, since Dev was all in one hotel it didn't have maps but for PAX uh, West there was actually a, you click on this' a map of the area and it says okay, you're roughly in a space so yeah it was really yeah, really helpful DragonCon mm-hmm. also has all the maps which is great mm-hmm. GenCon I believe has a UK
0: as well, okay? but I don't know how good it is yes yeah, Gen- no, Gen Con has an app. I don't remember using it last time I was there just because I was working, so I wasn't really going to panels right. and, and such. But I remember UK Games Expo had an app this yes, year. Yes, did. Uh, and I think you I used it. Yeah, didn't I did. You um, and that was not bad. Yeah. Um, uh, uh,
1: because I could put my, my games in there. And also, you got your tickets through the app? No, no, you had to um, register through the app. You pick up your tickets manually. That was right um it was a bit it was a bit odd um uh, it took me a minute to kind of wrap my head around but once i got used to it 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 was great um and and again it helped me kind of keep things on time It gave me little reminders of like hey you know your games about to start in 15 minutes um which was which is very Mm -hmm. nice so i really feel like um if you have a large show at this stage you kind of really need some kind of app and i think there are some companies that just do that they're companies that just make apps for big conventions
0: Oh, yeah, the uh, Uh DragonCon app isn't
2: like by DragonCon, it's like through somebody else. But it works. Yeah. It's great.
0: So, all the conventions I had ever been to were these sort of fan expos and the like things that really enjoyed comics, movies, uh, games, and so on. And when I back in a previous life before I got into the role playing game industry full time, I was working uh, partly in the financial sector. I don't know why that's amusing. I think it's so different to what I'm doing now, maybe. But I had to attend a, uh, a, a an investments convention, which is about as dry as it <laughs> sounds, I- in London. And I was representing the small company uh, for which I worked, as as a trainer, that was it. It was a it was all kinds of training facilities and and software and and presentation uh, software and things like that that were being displayed there. And it was a big convention, Ooh. but this was after I'd attended something somewhere between eight and twelve uh, gaming conventions over the last few years, and I went to this convention quite looking forward to it. For some reason, delusionally believing that. Th- this might actually be fun. Uh, I might get to meet up with some people. We could, you know, after we've been to a presentation, we might go to a bar, have mm. a chat, and you know, have a laugh. It was so utterly bureaucratic and dry, and even the sales uh, techniques of the people there were so. Cheesy, so you know it was uh, people just talking at you through clenched mm. teeth while they were grinning, and it. What it really brought to my mind was uh, how. How personable you have to be in the gaming industry if you're working at one of these conventions. You know, you you work at the booths and you engage with the customers face-to-face. You invite them to play your games or you talk about your product and you do want to get to know your customer and they tend to want to get to know you. You and what you're selling, uh, whereas when you've got something so I guess uh, institutional as investments, mm. uh, there's so much less personality involved that I remember just going there and wishing it was over as soon as I arrived. Uh, there were there were seminars you could only attend if you put down a two hundred pound deposit. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah. uh, Yeah, and uh, as the company hadn't paid for that, I thought, you know what? I think I'll give that a miss and uh, catch an early train home. (laughs) Yeah. But I did certainly pick up a lot of brochures. There you go. That was it. Yeah, I mean, uh, swag is an interesting
1: dynamic depending on which convention you go to. Um, Some conventions are really big on giving out some kind of swag, whether it's through the convention or at each booth. Um, Mm -hmm. Other shows, it's just not really a thing. Yeah. And to be clear, swag is different from merch, as you specify. Swag is free stuff you're given, um, whereas merch is stuff you buy that's usually some representative of the show in some way. Um, Right. So, like, I've been to small conventions like um, Save Against Fear, uh, which is only a few hundred people. It's about midwinter-sized, but I've got, like, you know, a fanny pack and a wristband because they're really into the swag because – they come from a place of uh, therapeutic use. They go to a lot of of academic conventions, which also have a fair bit of swag with them. So I think he's pulled that piece over from there. Um, Whereas Midwinter doesn't really have a ton of swag, but they have merch. You can buy like Midwinter shirts and uh, I think a cat's and whatnot. Um, So it's interesting kind of, of divide. Like brochures is something like you say, you see it lots of very kind of Formal corporate conventions, that's a very big thing. Um, but I don't see a ton mm-hmm. of f- mm. handouts like that. Usually, it's cards at, at game conventions. I have a ton of c- cards about the different games that are coming out from I like, got back from PAX.
0: Yeah, I remember uh, when I was at New York Comic Con, you uh, the, I, I feel like. There, there was a watershed moment there because there were lots of companies that were still handing out fly- promo flyers for the next big comic book arc that was mm-hmm. coming next season. Yep. And, and I, I have a feeling that isn't as common now, probably because when I went, it was just on the cusp of smartphones mm. being a big thing. I imagine so much is communicated electronically now, but maybe I'm wrong. Dixie, you probably go to these things a lot more than I do. Um,
2: I will say that working at the comic shop, they used to send us like flyers still to put on the counter, um, but mm. it was only for like one thing every couple months. However, with conventions, I know that like DragonCon specifically actually uh, outlawed flyers. Really? Because it was such a mess. Yeah, because when you've got... I mean, there's usually, like... Sorry, my cat is whining at me. So if you hear cats on this, me talking, then there's a cat. It happens. Oh. Um, but, like, you've got 10 to 20 bands there usually every year, bands slash musical artists, because mm-hmm. there's concerts constantly. Um, you've got any random vendors or artists or whatever that want to hand out flyers. Uh, so DragonCon a while back it's pretty much said, like, no, you really can't. Like, you can hand them out at your booth... But there's no flyering allowed, like, ever. Um, because there were times when, like, there were, you'd just see a table or, like, a, a patch of floor that's completely covered in flyers because somebody had dumped them all. And they also did away with, like, flyer tables, which used to be a thing. Yeah. You know, folks, like, leave all their flyers on a mm-hmm. table. And they did away with all that because it's, like, it's, it's, it's a lot of garbage for the hotel staff to clean up after the show. Um, but no, I haven't really been handed too many, like, flyers and things at cons in the past few years. It's been mostly... Like, like you said, either business cards and even the people who are foregoing business cards in and and doing like, hey, take a picture of my information. It's on my table mm-hmm. because business cards are also kind of wasteful, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, I've yeah, been seeing that a, a lot. That's a nice idea. There are quite a few artists this year at at Khan who had that going on where they had like a, a little like, you know, laminated thing on their table or like something like taped down to their table that said like, hey, instead of business card, take a picture of this and it'll be on your phone forever. You know. Hmm. So, that was kind of no, cool. I like that. Yeah.
0: So, with that, all that talk of conventions, what are the next conventions that the two of you are going to?
2: Uh, probably Save Against Fear, save against fear right? right, right, right are you going to Save Against Fear?
1: Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Wow. I'm. A,
2: yeah, we're doing panels together, I'm a guest. Wow, cool. <laughs> all right, that, that
1: makes the show even better. <laughs>
2: yeah, we're, we're going to do that Sherlock-themed escape room. Yeah. If you come up early. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool.
0: Yeah, now we're doing this episode. <laughs> l- listen, l- I- listeners, when they say we, they of course mean Eddie and right. Dixie, no. not Matthew. No, we don't invite Matthew. Yeah, I, yeah, that's
2: no. exactly what I meant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, we're uh, yeah. So that that, that convention is only like two hours from me. So oh yeah, we're no. like an hour and a half. Yeah. So I'm just driving up.
1: I'm at I'm, I'm renting a car. So we doing
2: Save Against Fear. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess after, after that is Packs Unplugged. Yeah. Yes, because uh, that's early December. Mm-hmm. And then Midwinter. mid-winter. Will be um, I I will tentatively be at Metatopia. Oh, okay. It's been discussed with me and some friends, and I don't live that far from it. So, tentative Metatopia. Yeah.
0: Well, my next one is going to be ParadoxCon, oh, cool. I believe, uh, in October. Um, I'll be there for the weekend. Where is it? Uh, that With at? our very own Matt McElroy. Uh, that's in okay. Berlin. So it's been a little while since I've last been in Berlin. That was for World of Darkness Berlin, in fact.
2: Jealous. uh, All these European cons. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, And after that, it will be Dragon meets in Mm -hmm. London, and then it will be Midwinter. I don't think I'm going to any beyond those, but that that seems sufficient.
2: (laughs) I'm so glad you're going to be at Midwinter again, though.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I... Uh, I ha I now that I'm the proud owner of a Nintendo Switch. I am confident that the flight will be infinitely more yes. comfortable.
2: Yeah, you just uh, want to not take. Not that a... I
0: couldn't have played games on my phone before then. But...
2: Yeah. just take a portable charger.
0: Or um, yeah. uh, here's a good question: Then, how much battery does a Switch
1: I think have? I uh, about three hours. Yeah, but um, I know yeah. uh, uh, at least most of the flights I took back and forth when I was living in Ireland. Uh, if you. Upgrade just a little bit. Um, they have the power uh, outlets underneath the seats. These plug. I'm sure Rich will happily cover that. <laughs> Honestly, it might be worth it. It's like, hey, it's like another fifty euro or whatever. Yeah, maybe. Yeah,
0: if you're listening, Rich, we could do with your right. sponsorship. <laughs> if only Onyx Path would sponsor this podcast.
2: He's already sponsoring yeah. us.
0: Yeah, we could afford business class flights.
2: But yeah, no, my switch was great on the like two-hour flight to and from Atlanta. Mm. Um, but i also Mm. carry a big like i have a a battery like power bank that holds like eight phone charges
1: nice um
2: so i had that in my backpack and while i was playing i just either had my phone or my switch hooked up to it because my phone and my switch use the same connector oh um Mm. so yeah it was really easy it was great
0: uh which game were you playing
2: i'm playing fire emblem three houses Um, mm-hmm. Playing the crap out of that. I went. I finished my first run. It's it's one of those games that has very different stories depending on what you choose in the beginning. Um, so yeah, so I, I finished my first run and I'm on run two now. I think I've put fifty five hours
1: into it. It's actually funny, is because um, uh, I and you've been talking about playing it. Meredith was talking about playing it, and I started playing uh, uh, the, the the older DS version of Fire Emblem um right and to tie it all back to the beginning um when I went to go get my tattoo I was chatting with Maris because she's a she's geeky and so we you know, talk about games and whatnot she just learned about Pugmire from me and so now she's excited about that but um Aww. we were talking about video games um and she's I'm like oh she's like you know, she's got her switch like the week before and I'm like oh cool what game did you get? She's like three houses i'm like really everyone is playing three houses (laughs) it's because
2: it's really (laughs) good Eddie. it's really good like also i mean the switch games are still a little pricey um unless you get them i'm i mean there are some used ones floating around at this point but past that most of the games if you like download them are just 50 bucks 60 Mm. bucks so i try to only get games on there that i know have like many many hours of of gameplay in them (laughs) Because I'm like, I'm going to spend 60 bucks on it. Like, I want to get my 60 bucks worth. Right. Um, and, me and me and my boyfriend are, are are sharing it,
0: too. So he also will get, you know, money out of it. So,
2: yeah. It, it all makes sense in the you end.
0: Know, hey. uh, yeah, for me, it's a, it's a family console. But I will, of course, be taking it with me. So <laughs> to hell with it. Sorry, Ed, <laughs> and, that. Sorry, Edwin. <laughs> yeah. I, um... I haven't got Fire Emblem. I I instead decided to download a uh, 16-bit-esque RPG by the name of Octopath, Octopath. uh, which is... uh, Octopath Traveler? It's... i think so yes yes octopath traveler it's uh, received some very nice reviews it's again got the the as the name applies well the name doesn't really apply anything uh there's eight starting characters all in different parts of the world each with different stories that at some point intersect uh but it's very much an open game that you can theoretically play eight times and get eight hmm. different stories i've so got I'm that demo
2: on my switch i haven't played it yet
0: yeah, I'm hoping it gives a, me a fair amount of mileage, but otherwise, uh, speaking of mileage, I'm playing a lot of Mario Kart. Yeah. I've been looking at Mario Kart 8.
2: Yeah, mm. me too. I mean, before I got Fire Emblem, I pretty much was mostly using the
1: Switch for Pokemon Let's Go. So Yeah, I do have. The the family has a Switch, and so Pokemon goes on the
0: family console, so I think I'm going to steal that once I get my light in. Anyway, we are going far away from the original uh, topic and we've exceeded an hour, so that means it's probably just about the right time to ask Dixie. If people want to find you online, where would they go?
2: Uh, either DixieCochran.com or Dixie Cyanide in most social media. Um, you also find me you know, at DragonCon every September.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, that's fun. I also have another question for you. Hmm. If you could get this podcast sponsored by anyone. Anyone? Any company at all. Yeah. What company or individual or product would it be? Because oh bear in mind we would get comps of the Yeah, whatever that's what that I'm thinking. I'm
2: like, I'm like, who do I want the most mm. like free swag from? Like, which mm. uh I mean I, I honestly this is gonna sound terrible. I would not be opposed to one of the like various mattress companies that sends does, out free mattresses because they sound great. Um but I think I'd probably want to be sponsored by Either some kind of electronic thing like Alienware and get all the best computers, or something mm. like uh, like a publisher to get a shit ton of free books. Probably be the two main like ones tour. that I would go off. Uh, maybe, maybe tour. You know, one of one of the publishers just 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 to get free books. I I would have to look at where all, all my
1: favorite books come from.
0: <laughs> uh, same question to you, Eddie, and of course, where can people find you?
1: Um, uh, I would probably want to be sponsored at this point um, by like a comic book company so <laughs> for comics, because right.
2: That's what I'm, I'm, saying. Starting, I'm starting
1: to get, I'm starting to lose money. How many series I'm starting to follow here? Uh,
2: image, yeah, Image. I was say Image is probably the highest Image or
1: IDW are from, yeah, up there. Um, uh, but if people want to talk to me about comic books, um, you can find me uh, my website, uh, pugstudy.com and that gives you links to all my social media outlets on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Instagram now.
0: And people can find me on MatthewDawkins.com. That's where they can contact me as well with any sponsorship offers. And if I was to be sponsored by anyone, or indeed if this podcast was, uh, to be sponsored by any company, hmm, I probably should have thought of the answer before I <laughs> asked the question. <laughs> you know, I, I think an airline, some kind of travel company, would cool. really help. Yeah, if if uh, we could say if we did a little bit that said, I really want to travel to America in comfort, Dixie, but whenever I fly economy classes, not enough leg room, the seats are uncomfortable.
2: I can't relate <clears throat> to this problem because I'm five foot one.
0: <laughs> well, you've but you've screwed up our possibility of sponsorship <laughs> with Virgin, with British Airways. So on that note, many worlds, one podcast. <laughs>